Some call me Steve, Dad, Husband or Friend. Others might call me Boss, Coach or Mentor. Today you can call me the Leadership Hacker. Thanks for listening in, I really appreciate it. My job as the Leadership Hacker is to hack into the minds, experiences, habits and learning of great leaders, C-suite executives, authors and development experts so that I can assist you developing your understanding and awareness of leadership. I'm Steve Rush and I'm your host today. I'm the author of Leadership Cake, I'm a transformation consultant and leadership coach and can't wait to start sharing all things leadership with you. Our special guest on today's show is Nathaniel Zabrook. Nathaniel is the founder and CEO of Unlimit You and also the founder and CEO of a non-profit organization, Life to the Fullest. He's a multiple award-winning global inspiration speaker who's really passionate about inspiring and empowering people. But before we get a chance to speak with Nathaniel, it's a leadership pack of news. In the news today, I have a fun story to share with you that really demonstrates innovation and giving inspiration to other people to think outside of the norms. It's not easy leading others and leading teams and leading businesses, particularly in a pandemic. But think about how easy it is if you're a cow living among African lions in Botswana. After all, there's always a threat that they're going to get eaten. And we just have to deal with the events of our businesses, right? Well, conservationists have found a really effective, low-cost way to protect cattle from their predators and help lions coexist with livestock and farmers. In this fun piece of psychological trickery, scientists have trailed painting eyes on local cattle's butts. Now, the idea is that imitating eyes will trick lions into thinking that you've been spotted, causing them to abandon the hunt. As protected conservation areas became smaller, lions are increasingly coming into contact with human populations, which are expanding into the boundaries of these protected areas. Dr. Neil Jordan, a conservation biologist from UNSW Center for the Ecosystem and Science, said that the lions are eating the livestock, such as cattle, which is really negatively impacting on the livelihood of local farmers in these rural areas. These local farmers are attempting to coexist with real difficulty, and with no non-lethal way to prevent attacks, farmers are often turning to deadly force, shooting and poisoning lions, which are also endangered. Dr. Jordan's idea of painting eyes onto the cattle's rumps came about after two lionesses were killed near a village in Botswana where he was based. While watching a lion hunt in Impala, he noticed something really interesting. Lions are ambush hunters, so they creep up on their prey and they get close and then jump on them when they're unseen. But if they are seen, and in this case the Impala noticed the lion, the lion realised he'd been spotted and gave up the hunt. So researchers have now created a stamp which paints eyes onto the rump of each of the cattle and after researching 62 of the cattle at a local herd in Botswana demonstrated a massive reduction in the number that were attacked and killed. Dr Jordan's team has now created a PhD research project where they're going to be painting half the herd to demonstrate a proof of concept and if the tool works it could provide farmers in Botswana and of course elsewhere with a really low cost sustainable tool that really helps protect their livestock while at the same time making sure that the endangered species such as lion are also not hunted for the wrong reasons. And that's good news all round. That's been the Leadership Hacker News. Please get in touch if you have some insights, stories that you'd like our listeners to hear.
Today's guest is Nathaniel Zerberg. Truly inspirational story from having been chronically ill for over 30 years and now being the founder and CEO of Live Life to the Fullest and his business arm, Unlimited You. He's a global speaker and he's a coach. Nathaniel, welcome to the Leadership Hacker podcast. Hey, Steve. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm really excited to spend some minutes with you and with your amazing audience. And from Switzerland, he joins us today. Give us the backstory, Nathaniel, for, for folk listening to this. Uh, we, you and I have had the opportunity to meet and speak a few times, but you really have had more adversity than anybody that's been on this show. Just tell us a little bit about how you arrived at doing what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So let me let me say that first. Um, uh, today, I wouldn't be here because of so many other people as well. For I want to give some credit out there to a lot of people that have helped me through the difficulties as well to, yeah, the relationship that I have. And uh, let me start with this. I have been uh, chronically ill for about 30 years by now. Uh, I started out when I was one year old. Uh, I lost my own kidneys through uh, genetic chronic illness. Um, I had to go to to dialysis with two years old, which meant like as soon as anyone doesn't have any kidneys, um, that person has to go to a replacement, basically to a treatment three times a week or every night to clean the blood. And I had to start that with two years old. Um, it continued crazy in my life. And I was about three years old when I had a really big, big setback. Um, we still don't know today what it was, whether it was um, a brain bleeding or a stroke. Uh, however, I was two weeks in a coma. After those two weeks, the doctors called my parents and said, hey, there's nothing else we can do. Please come into the ICU to terminate your son's life. My parents come into the ICU um, they spoke some words of, of some goodbye words. And, um, the moment the doctors turned off all the life support machines, I started to talk again. And that, as I know from my parents, I said something like, Hey mom, I want to go to play into the play playing room. And, um, uh, that was a huge miracle, uh, because my brain was basically a gray patch before there was no function. Um, even the doctor said like, um, if I should survive somehow, he will, they, they told it my parent, if, if he should survive somehow, he will never be able to walk, talk and amount to anything. But there I was, I was starting to talk again and I recovered over a few weeks. And uh, I come basically back to life. Um, it continued like, um, with five years old after many, many years, about four or five years of struggling with my life, with my health as well. My family struggling a lot. My people around, we had a moment of, I, I said, a light was appearing in the tunnel when I got my first kidney transplant with five years old. However, it was only for 24 hours the kidney worked. 
and then the chronic illness strike back and affected the kidney. That was a huge disappointment, for, of course, but um, basically my parents and myself, we had no um, other choice to keep going and to fight. And we always had kind of a, a sense that everything will work out for the good in the future. So I had to go back to dialysis. Once again, with seven years old, I had my second kidney transplant, which meant like I had it for two and a half years. And the interesting part was like during those two and a half years, I learned everything as a kid that anyone else as a kid would learn from age one on. I learned to feed myself. I learned to try out hobbies. I learned what it meant to have free time outside. And it was such a beautiful time, a uh, life of flourishing, a uh, life of, of, um, of, yeah, of living the dream life. However, again, the, the chronic illness strike back um, after two and a half years. And for me, it was such one of the biggest disappointment I ever probably I ever um, experienced in my lifetime. Um, for me, the kidney was my best friend who gave me the best life, who gave me the dream life. But I had to let it go again. I fell in the huge depression. That meant like for two weeks, I didn't eat anything. I didn't move anything. I didn't talk to anyone, even not to my parents. And yet somehow through support of my parents and pastoral care, I come after those two weeks, I come back to strength, to emotional, spiritual and physical strength. It continued. I had it, somehow I had to uh, acknowledge that I had to go back to the dialysis again three times a week. But yet somehow I knew there is more to life than that. One and a half years, about one and a half years later, I received another kidney transplant for about 30 months. And again, that was a time of flourishing. Yet after those 30 months, the, the chronic illness strike back again. And for me, this time, I was a bit older, I was a bit wiser, I was kind of um, knew, knowing that life is, of course, more than just having a good kidney. And even though I lost a kidney and I had that third measured disappointment, I decided uh, based on my faith and based what I believed and based on that I uh, believed in something bigger than uh, myself or the kidney, I started to grow with the belief that everything will work together for the good in the future. And I acknowledge again to go back to the to the to the dialysis three times a week and and it was just a time of of learning with 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 thirteen years old to figure out how I'm going to cope with all the situation. I was at that time I was diagnosed that I will never be again uh, having 
transplant, which meant I will be for lifelong, I will be on dialysis three times a week. But yet I didn't lose the hope, the passion of having an expectation of a bigger life. And what I usually tell people is that after age 15, my life become very stable. But from age 1 to 15, my life was just a horrible, crazy, um, as well, exciting experience with all the life struggles. And after um, 4,500 life-saving treatments, dialysis, 40 operations, uh, several depressions and burnout, and according to the doctors, I shouldn't be alive for six times by now. I can look back and see how amazing life can be if we don't rely on the negativity, if we don't rely on the on the of on the setbacks that we experience, but keeping going on, pulling out the hope and the and the expectation of a better future. And that was an amazing experience so far. Of course my story is not finished yet. And uh, I love that I'm so blessed today that I can inspire so many people with this story to live a bigger life, to live above average and that nothing is impossible. Nathaniel, that's just a truly humbling story to listen to that. And of course, folks listening to this also won't understand that during this this terrible time as well, you also lost 80% of your hearing capacity. So here we are on a podcast, which is relying on the auditory senses that we have. And despite that, you still see that as an opportunity and a positive way to reach out to an audience. So before we go any further, thank you for being here with us today, given everything you're working through. You're welcome. Thank you. One of the things I wanted to explore with you is that during that description of how you arrived here today, you talked around your parents had a, a massive role in helping you with your thinking. You described them as having a sense of everything works out for the future and everything will work out for the future. How much of that did you draw on to help you with your thinking? Um, I think it, it was from, especially after I lost my third kidney transplant, it was an everyday decision. Of course, the struggles didn't end at the day when I decided to to believe that or to, to uh, live out that philosophy or that belief. Um, it was an everyday decision that impacted my my decisions. Firstly, as well, I would say, firstly, it impacted a lot my thinking as well, my decision. And for me, it's just a beautiful experience or a beautiful uh, excitement to to know that whatever comes ahead of me, it will work out for the good. And I think this is something that has kept me over the water over a long time and still does. And as well, it has helped me to be, do or have what I do today. As well, it has helped me to realize that it's not only on my own power to change things. It never will be and it never has been. Um, it, it's a decision that I make, but yet I believe that that it's never just my own thing to 
change and turn things around, whether it's their parents involved or whether they're my family involved, my friends or yeah, whatever people in my life and whatever high powers. And uh, I, I love that, that there's so much hope and expectation in that belief. That's fantastic. Really is. And really resonates with me. So you now lead the business Unlimit You. Tell us a little bit about what you do with your clients and the businesses and people you work with. Absolutely. So the, the Unlimit You, the business that I have is basically helping people not just bring inspiration to them, but also helping them practically victorious mindset mentoring. That means like I'm helping people to to navigate through the journey of life, to develop a victorious mindset in whatever state they are, whether they are in in a difficult business situation, whether they have uh, difficulties in leadership or in finances or in the family or a relationship. And so I help people to transit from firstly not letting themselves lay back from the setback, but also keeping going to make the right decisions in their mind to create and develop a victorious mindset in order to go into a direction that helps them in the future to be, do or have what they dream. And uh, I think that's such a powerful journey. And I have a couple of people that are currently mentoring. And I love to see how whenever people get a light bulb of stepping out from an old belief into a new belief and basically, let's say, that belief helped them to to get a hundredfold of what they have believed before. And uh, hacking their life and, and, and whatever, being constantly on the line of developing themselves and being a better person as well um, and living the dream life, the vision that they have, even pulling out the expe- expectation from them to to live in the day and in the future all they are called to be, do and have. You coined the phrase victorious mindset. If you had to describe a victorious mindset to somebody, how would you describe, in essence, in a, in a nutshell, what is a victorious mindset? Great question. For me, it's, it's like a mindset that firstly focuses on the positive side of whatever, let's say, we have uh, a Monday morning situation and you have to go to work, you have a great, great weekend behind uh, on the beach, in the mountains or whatever, and you realize, okay, that time is gone. So what we naturally do is like, in Monday morning, it's like we're thinking on the past things that happened, the good things that happened. It can be very good or bad. And so Monday, we're lying in bed and we think like, okay, we have to go to work. So a victorious mindset comes into play when we change the mindset to, okay, let's make the most out of this day. Let's be grateful for whatever I have today. I have a job. I might have a family. I might have a, a 
friends and people around me I might have a great boss or even if I might not have a great situation at work, I am still able taking responsibility to change what might not be there yet. I love that. And that for me, a victorious mindset to change something that is not dead yet and make it better. Brilliant. And gratification and showing gratitude and being grateful, in my experiences, present in amongst most very successful leaders I liaise with and I speak with, I often see that practice of gratification and gratitude. Mm -hmm. There's no surprise that fits part of your tenets and how you do things. Absolutely. Now, you have a program that you have that helps people through this phase of discovery to help them unlock their dreams and unlock their ambitions. And you call it your four steps to unlimit your life. Now, step one is define who I am. Tell us a little bit about how you kick that four steps off. Absolutely. As you say, the first one is about really identifying who am I as a person. I realized over the last three decades, being on this planet, <laughs> I realized that so many people are not living their full potential because of not knowing who they are. They might be attracted to a certain group or a certain vibe or a certain hype or whatever. But what I realized is like the more you know yourself, the more you can go the way towards the dream and the, the passion and the values and the strength that you can identify within that. I, I believe that this is so powerful to, to leave out because that the more we know ourselves, the more strength we have, the more um, we know what decision we have to make. And I, I believe that we need more and more leaders in this world that really know who they are, not sticking to any flow or any group of the people or to really set set themselves apart from the crowd and knowing who who am I? Who am I? What are my strengths? What are my passion and what are my values? The second thing is the question about what am I here for? As soon the more you know who you are or the more I know who am I the more I know or the more you will know what you are here for or what I'm here for. And this is so important because I believe that, again, not to judge anyone and not to condemn anyone, but so many people live a life in terms of somebody else in this world. And that might work for a couple of years, for a few years, but I realized that uh, I've I've been spending three times a week in the hospital and most of the people are above 60, 70, 80 that are on dialysis. And uh, I realized that so many people of them are not fulfilled because they might have been lived a life in the past for somebody else. It's quite easy for us to fall into stereotypes and to associate with labels that aren't really ours, that are imposed on us by other people, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's quite natural for us to do that because as, as soon as we step out from the crowd, 
the opposition appears. But as soon as, as long as we go with the crowd, nobody tells something because we are in there, we are comfortable. But I think there's more to life than just to to go with the flow and, and everything that we uh, think like is really natural. And the beautiful thing is like once you step away from something that you are not, and living in 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 what you are really called to do, it gives you so much fulfillment. It gives you so much strength and energy and hope and an expectation. And this is the second step that I'm going through with people in the fourth step to unlimit your life process. The third step is about basically creating a dream from the first two questions. What that means, you ident- you identify your who am I and what I'm here for. But when you go into the details, you also identify your strengths, passion, and values. And from that, you create a dream. And what I realized in my own life is like how powerful it is when we start to live in our strengths, in our passion, in our values, instead in our weakness in our values maybe that we have copied from somebody else or from a group of people, uh, from passion that we might have not experienced by ourselves yet. Um, it's amazing what it does when you live in your passion, in your values, and in your strength. And uh, the fourth step is I help people then to develop basically take the dream and allow them to to develop the dream over the years and whatever that means for each individual to to develop a victorious mindset that it is possible to live out a dream no matter the opposition whether people are for or against me or whether um I have it all together yet or not. There are so many things that will come together. There will be a lot of fighting, a lot of heavy moments. But at the end of the day, if you live with the full potential, if you live with your unlimited potential and with the victorious mindset, you will, there's so much more to live in this world for you. Definitely so. And I guess the the fourth one, the implementing the dream, is where you take all of the self-discovery, the intangible, you know, this is a dream up here, but then putting into place things that are highly in their control that they can implement that helps them fulfill that. Because without that implementation, it just stays as a dream, right? Exactly, yeah. So we have to, we can dream a lot, but yet we have to step out of the boat and uh, literally walk on water, never knowing when the next wave will hit us and uh but we will always be able to get back and because we know once we have the dream or the vision or the full potential in our mind as a picture ahead of us nothing can take us back if we don't if we never give up super 
That's really super words. Thanks, Nathaniel. You're welcome. So this part of the show is now where we're going to turn the lens and we're going to hack into your leadership mind. So as a CEO, as a business leader and a coach. So first thing I'm going to ask you is if you were to share with our listeners, what would be your top three leadership hacks? Great question. For me, it has always been like, as I already said before, being positive, which for me create a hope and expectation of the future. The second one is being grateful for everything that happened, whether good or bad. I often remind myself of the of the statement of Joe Maxwell that says, uh, you either win or you learn. And that's such a beautiful talk because being grateful, appreciate the, the learning process that we naturally see as a, as a bad things or the bad thing that we can turn into learning process and as well giving credit for the good things. And uh, the third thing I would say leadership wise is, is really giving credit to other people. And as well for me as a person of faith, giving credit to God because I got the honor and privilege as as 13 years old to start the uncon- unconditional loving relationship with a God. And um, for me to God, for somebody else, it might be higher power. And for me, giving credit to to him as well, to my family and my friends, because you, no one will go on the top by himself. There will always be layers of people that help you as well. I, the doctors, the medical staff told me already, or my parents as well, I mostly didn't hear it, that I should be dead six times by now, never should be amount to anything, walk or talk. And yet, along the journey, there were so many miracles that I cannot fathom, um, that I cannot say, hey, it was my power, it was my strength. It was neither human strength um, because I know that for me, my life exists and my I'm still breathing today because of a higher power. And uh, giving credit to, to other people, to whatever you believe in the higher power um, because you alone, we, we are just human beings. and. Um, yeah, that, that are my three leadership strengths. And I guess what you've just described there, Nathaniel, is a, a complete lack of ego, which, again, is something that you observe in great leaders as well. So if you're able to drop your ego, give credit to where credit's due, and as you rightly said, wherever that's from and whomever that's from helps you also demonstrate gratification and gratitude mm-hmm. and in turn is a, is a positive energy source for us as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. The more we give credit to someone else, the more we get as well back. And uh, that's just the, the law of giving and taking in this world. It sure is. Now, I almost feel kind of uncomfortable going to this next space because this part of the show is called Hack to Attack, where we have 
places in our life and our work where we've suffered some adversity. You've had bucket loads of adversity and you've already demonstrated how resilient you've become and how you use that in a positive way in your life in pretty much everything you do. If you were able to look back over your life, was there maybe one time where you thought, this is my pivotal moment that I'm going to move from where I did to what I do now, that you now use that as something as positive in your life? Absolutely. I think for me, like, a couple of years ago, I read a, a statement from the Think and Grow Rich book, um, which says, Napoleon Hill says, there are no limitations to the mind except the ones we acknowledge. And so what I realized, I, I might not be, I might not have been aware of that statement before, but I might have been aware of how I lived it before I even knew it uh, in words, if you know what I mean. So what I realized, like, whatever situation you have in the moment, sure, there's always the acknowledgement uh, in our mind whether we limit ourselves or not. Do we either, do we, in, in, the, in the difficult time, do we think about all the limitations we have? Or do we think about all the unlimitations we can turn around? And I love that that our brain, uh, our mind is such a powerful tool in our life where we can where we, that we can use every day. It's true there are absolutely no limitations. We we might of course we might be limited. And we we all have to die one day. We all have to, yeah, we have to go away from this world one day, which is true. But while we are here, we have the opportunity to use that tool of the mind to turn the limitations around and make it a possibility and opportunity. And this is something that I have could learn, that I had the blessing to learn over my life that to to not look at, at the limitations but of what could be possible and of course the journey in that will never end it will be a lifelong everyday decision every day i have to 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 think about again there are limitations there are circumstances how i'm going to deal with them how i'm going to turn them around to make it a possibility and make them better and um, this is really something powerful that I could have the opportunity to learn over the past 30 years. I think it's amazing, Nathaniel, that you call the adversity blessings. You've, you've actually reframed that in your mind as to these are blessings that you've had to enable that learning to take place so that you can be the person you are today, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it gives, gives you so much power and energy to continue. The moment I realized that I shift too much into the negative side, I lose so much strength to keep going on. And I have to be honest with you, there have been many times and even still today where I don't make the right decision in my mind. But it's, I think the higher you go, the more you have to be careful that you don't go into the opposite direction of the negative side of, because once you go into that, 
it will be harder to get out of into the next direction. I imagine mostly the picture where you have a scale between the zero is in the middle and then on the right side you have plus 10 up to plus 10 and on the left side you have down to minus 10 and every decision you make you will either go to the plus or you go to the minus and the deeper you go in the minus the harder it is to come back but the more you go into the plus the better it is for you to to overcome the next struggle the next circumstance the next uh, leadership issue and or the next family issue in whatever situation you're in right now and uh, i really want to inspire you today to make the decision to really think about where do i need to go from the minus to the plus and what do i need to improve in order to to have a more fulfilled energized and more momentum in your life it's a lovely way of framing it and i guess like anything it's practice and habits that create that staying in the top 10 versus the bottom 10 right yeah absolutely i think they're mostly habits like um i think to say that everyday decision like like say somebody crash into a car that's a huge decision we can make whether we say uh we can swift into the negative side and and complain about the crash about the person or we can make fun out of the accident and say hey this will this too shall pass uh, at least i didn't get hurt or whatever simple decision like that um it can be on your job it can be on your uh when you do make exercising or when you when you are around with people and there are so many decisions a day that we would need to make in order to stay in the top 10 in the plus 10 uh, frame on the other hand i have to say that don't give up when you feel like you are in the minus 10 again it will be harder but it's still worth fight back into going into the top 10 frame and live life to the fullest it's super lessons thanks daniel the last thing that we want to do with you today is to give you the chance to have a bit of time travel and to bump into Nathaniel at 21. And you now have an opportunity to give yourself some advice at that time. What would be your advice to Nathaniel at 21? I would say really learning more and more to to give credit to, to other people. I, I missed that a little bit the last few months. I've gone on a really big ride and I've got a lot of success. So I need to get back in shape to really give credit to to my people around it and to, to really be grateful for where I am. And uh, that's one of my advice that I will, will give myself to uh, get back in shape and that and um, not to to become prideful, not to, to, to live, even though I might have a lot of success, to still stay humble and to being a, a person of humility um, not wrong humility but the right humility to have even more a successful life and i love people um strong people whether they were successful in the past or in the future or in the present people that really stayed humble within their success and uh, 
this is what I teach myself and advise myself for this and next year to do more and more. Great stuff. Now, I'd love to carry the conversation on with you. I've super enjoyed talking with you, not just today, but in times that we've spoken before. If folk listening to this want to carry on that conversation with you, connect with you, find out a bit more of the work that you're doing, what's the best place and where's the best place that we can send them? Absolutely. So I have two websites. So one website is the business website that I call unlimitedu.co. And if you want to know more about my personal life, you can go on um, nathanieltubuk.com. On both websites, there's the free ebook that you can download, Four Steps to Unlimit Your Life. And as well on the bottom, there are some of the social media channels that I'm on. And uh, I would love to get in touch with you. Download the ebook. I get it for free today. And uh, let your life flourish and unlimit yourself to the fullest. Thank you, Nathaniel. We'll make sure that those links are also in the show notes so it's dead easy for people to find you beyond our conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here and um, I would love to hear from you soon. And I'd like to say personally thank you to you being here. You are inspirational and, and I think that the learning that people can take from the adversity and the mindset that you now have to unlock their futures is quite breathtaking. And personally, for me, I just want to say thank you ever so much for being on the Leadership Hacker podcast. You're welcome. Good to talk to you, Steve. And to you all, thank you. Thank you, Nathaniel. I genuinely want to say a heartfelt thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in too. We do this in the service of helping others and spreading the word of leadership. Without you listening in, there would be no show. So please subscribe now if you haven't done so already. Share this podcast with your communities and network and help us develop a community and a tribe of leadership hackers. And finally, if you'd like me to work with your senior team, your leadership community, keynote an event, or you would like to sponsor an episode, please connect with us via our social media. And you can do that by following and liking our pages on Twitter and Facebook. Our handle there is at Leadership Hacker. Instagram, you can find us there at the underscore leadership underscore hacker. And at YouTube, we're just Leadership Hacker. So that's me signing off. I'm Steve Rush and I've been the Leadership Hacker.